You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual It says right here in my contract, the contract I signed five years ago when we started doing the podcast, uh, that if Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes ever broke up, I would have to talk about it. I, I really don't have anything to say. I usually, you know, I don't really give a flying fuck about celebrity marriages. Um, you know, the point, obviously, Tom Cruise has now been married and divorced three times, and I can't get married even once, and the sanctity of marriage brigades never have anything to say about divorce, even though. Jebus in the Bible condemns divorce very explicitly. Jesus, who never had one goddamn thing to say about two men rubbing their dicks together, said no to divorce. Not only did he say no to divorce, he endorsed Old Testament shit for divorcees, which is basically stoning. Jesus is really down on divorce. Anyway, uh, Tom Cruise obviously not so down on divorce or divorce not so down on Tom Cruise. Katie Holmes divorcing him. Uh, the kid, they have some kid named Sewer or something. The, the, the name celebrities give their children. Sewer Apple. Who knows what this fucking kid's name is? Uh, that Katie Holmes apparently didn't want raised in Scientology. As if Katie Holmes was unaware that Tom Cruise was a Scientologist when she merged with him. And only now found this out, as if Tom Cruise wasn't always kind of the batshit Scientology bat boy. Anyway, I have nothing much to say except this about Scientology. A couple weeks ago on the show for the live show with the awesome Garfunkel Notes, I talked about Mormon underpants, magic Mormon underpants. And I've offended some of my Mormon listeners, and to them I would only say, I just got around to you. I've offended everybody else by now. It's just your fucking turn. And I said when I did that little riff about magic Mormon underpants that my religion, the religion in which I was raised, has its magic too. It's hocus pocus. It's weeping statues of the Virgin, Jesus appearing in toast, burying statues in yards upside down. My mother was named Judy for St. Jude because her parents buried a statue of St. Jude upside down in the yard when they couldn't get pregnant. That's why her name was Judy. That buried upside down statue is why my son's name is DJ. Daryl Jude, Jude for my mother, Judy for Jude, the saint, the plaster saint, my grandparents buried the yard. Crazy fucking magic bullshit in Catholicism. Crazy fucking magic bullshit in Mormonism too. And super crazy science fiction magic bullshit in Scientology. And the, but the only really difference between all this shit is really just ancientness, right? The, the more recently you've invented your religion, I think, the harder it is to take very seriously. There's kind of a charm to the old oldies but not so goodies because they've been around for such a long time that people were making this shit up when they didn't know any better. They didn't know why the sun came up every day. So they made up stories to reassure themselves in the dark that the fucking sun would come up tomorrow because Jesus, because Zeus, because the turtle with the elephant on its back. To make shit up now, to invent religions in the 60s, or the 1830s is a, a little different. You know, it exposes you to a greater degree of scrutiny because we were all there watching and documenting the invention of your baloney pony new religion. But hey, two, three thousand years, you'll be good too. You Mormons, you Scientologists, with your magic underpants and your 737s full of thetan souls or whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, congratulations to Katie Holmes for divorcing Tom Cruise. Nobody could have predicted except everybody.
your calls after this. ExtremeRestraints.com is the ultimate fetish store and so much more. No matter how vanilla or how kinky you are, Extreme Restraints carries toys for you. They've got huge selections of premium vibrators, bondage gear, fucking machines, cock jewelry, and more at great prices. Save an extra 10% with the coupon code GGGJULY. Double that discount if you use it by Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use offer code SAVAGE7. They now offer free domain registration with annual plan subscriptions. Hey, Dan. I'm an 18-year-old female from Kentucky. My issue is that I lost my virginity to a guy I had no longer than a few days. And after that, we developed a relationship. Um, He worked night shift and was always accusing me of doing stuff while he was out working, which I never was. And I also found out that he had a, a rocky cheating past, therefore I never trusted him. We ended things here recently because I caught him with another girl, and he played it off as the, oh, we weren't official, I could do whatever I wanted to, but me and her were just friends anyways kind of thing. And he wanted to meet my family, and we went out on dates, yet because we weren't technically official, he decided to be with someone else. But I miss him and the sex, so how could I bring up the fact that if we're having sex, I only want you to be with me and no one else at all. Beware of guys who accuse you of cheating and then it turns out that they have been cheating themselves. Beware of guys who have one set of expectations or standards for the women they own, pardon me, date, and another set of expectations or standards for their own behavior that reveals a deep strain of misogyny and sexism and double standards. And, and people who are prey to those kind of misogynistic, sexist double standards make lousy boyfriends and husbands. So just a word of warning there, caller, about the guy you're trying to bring back into your life who has already demonstrated to you that he's a bit of a shithead. Uh, here's how you can bring up the subject of being together and it being exclusive – You say to him, I'd like to be together, but I'd like it to be exclusive. I want it to be very clearly defined that we are boyfriend and girlfriend. Hey, you're going to meet my parents. And you can totally have as much access to my 18-year-old Kentucky pussy as you want on the condition that you're not fucking any other girls. And you have to trust that I am not fucking other guys and not be a complete dickbag to me all the time and not hurl – baseless accusations at me all the time because I will interpret those as evidence that you are cheating on me because that's the kind of offense is the best defense bullshit that sexist douchebag boys engage in to terrorize uh, their girlfriends that they seem to regard as their personal property and possessions. That's what I would say to him if I were you. That's what I would say to him if fuck off, go away was taken off the table. I would then say that. But if you don't want to say fuck off and go away, please say what I just said. Rewind the tape, memorize it, go say it to him. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old lesbian from the Northeast, and I have a question for you about dating a transgender person. My girlfriend and I have been together for seven years, even though we're both only 21, and I have no idea why we got so lucky on the first try. And I know our situation is really uncommon, but we're going to get married once we're older and more financially stable. Over the past several years, we've both come to realize that she has transgender tendencies. She was always butch, but she doesn't feel right in her own body and sometimes wishes she was a man. But she thinks that since she can never be a real man with a fully-sized, fully-functioning penis, that 
and that I'm since I'm a lesbian, she should shut off that part of herself completely and forget it ever existed. And I admit that I don't want her to get the full sexual reassignment surgery, which she has her doubts about anyway, but I'm totally open to using the strap on more, which we already like seeing her dress in drag, letting her pack, referring to her with male pronouns, role-playing with her, maybe getting one of those chest reshaping um, shirts, something like that. And she thinks we'll be opening Pandora's box if we explore this anymore, but I think it'll help her feel more comfortable and she should give it a try. What should we do? Really tempted not to answer your question at all. Uh, which is one of the consequences of the batshit brigade in the trans movement, the certain uh, trans activists and allies who attack people who get a gender pronoun wrong or use a word 20 years ago they're not allowed to use anymore. But it just makes people want to shy away from the whole trans subject and treat it all as radioactive. Because if you put a foot wrong, someone's going to throw a jar of glitter at your head. Uh, so my temptation initially when I listened to your call was to skip it. But I don't want to increase the amount of trans invisibility out there in the world by never taking calls from people with issues that touch on the trans subject. Uh, so I'm just going to plow ahead and answer your question because I think it would be a bigger disservice to the trans community if I ignored questions like yours rather than sometimes answering them even at the risk of getting them wrong and then playing responses from people who think I got it wrong and having a dialogue. Anyway, feeling a little defensive. Here we go. <sighs> You should tell your girlfriend – If I'm probably going to get glittered for calling her your girlfriend because I'm probably supposed to round up to boyfriend now because clearly your significant other, this person you've been with for seven years, is very likely a trans man and will come out shortly uh, with hopefully your support um, as trans. That she fears this so much is really analogous to the way so many people who are gay or lesbian, when they first realize that they're gay or lesbian, fear what that means, fear the consequences, you know, how it's going to complicate their life being gay and you resist it. And maybe you don't want to go there. You force yourself to date. You force yourself to present as straight, even though you know you're not straight because just facing up to the fact that you are gay and starting to admit it and change your life is so scary. Right? Starting to tell people it's so scary. So you avoid it as long as you possibly can. It sounds like your significant other is in that stage of avoidance and pushing it away. Um, but the thing about sexual orientation, the thing about gender identity is it can only be pushed away for so long. And then the effort of pushing it away becomes all consuming. And then you realize that all this effort that you're expending on keeping this part of yourself at bay or repressed or, or pushed away or hiding it is more strain and more struggle and more grief than just confronting it, admitting it and coming out ever could be and letting the pieces fall where they may. It sounds like your significant other is reaching that tipping point with your support. Now, I think your significant other needs to find some people who are trans, get online, get on some trans boards, chat with people who've been where she is right now. Uh, and to get her, help her get her footing or his footing. Again, I don't know which pronoun to use here because I think your girlfriend, as you've described her, is trans-identified. Uh, is because I think your girlfriend, as you've called her, is probably trans, but she is currently female-identified and not trans-identified. So I'm going to err on the side of using the female pronouns with her and girlfriend because that's where she's at right now. But I will get yelled at for this by some people who are insane. Um. She needs to get uh, – she needs to speak to some trans men uh, who may help 
her find her spot on the gender spectrum, as they say. Maybe she's just gender queer. Maybe she will always be female identified, but masculine presenting. Uh, that is possible. You can be a Butch Dyke still, even today. Um, but her concern that she can never be a real man, therefore, because she can't have a penis, therefore she shouldn't bother exploring her gender identity. You know, real men walk around all day with their penises in their pants. Uh, maleness and masculinity uh, is not just about boners. Uh, your boner comes into play rarely uh, at significant times during your masculine sort of presentation and, and gender expression, very significant times. And at those times, your girlfriend, if she becomes your boyfriend, can fall back on a strap-on. Phalloplasties really aren't very functional. So a lot of trans men from Buck Angel uh, to Chaz Bono and others don't go for bottom surgery because it doesn't work. They stick with the genitals they have, the genitals that work, and they are men and they are male-identified and they present male and they are men and they move through the world as men and people don't go, hey, you don't have a penis, you're not a dude. Penises are important. <laughs> I'm a fan. I always have been. Uh, but a man is not a penis and a penis is not a man. There are women out there with penises. There are men out there without penises. Uh, your girlfriend perhaps boyfriend could be one of those men. Um, I don't think she'll find out exactly where she falls on this gender spectrum until she stops reacting from fear and starts exploring. And that means if she wishes, binding her chest, uh, dressing in a more masculine style, presenting as male, and again, reaching out to the trans men who are online and in other places and trans support groups uh, to talk to other people who've walked this path before her um, and to also talk to people who are just genderqueer, people who are just butch dykes, uh, that she clearly is beginning a gender exploration and neither you nor I nor anyone listening right now knows exactly where she's going to land, where that exploration for her or him will end. Um, but just resisting that exploration out of fear is going to do nothing for your girlfriend or your boyfriend but bring conflict and stress into her life. She needs to open up, explore, find out who she is, what she is and how she wishes to identify and she's not going to be able to do that until uh, she relaxes and lets go and accepts that she's not in charge of this necessarily any more than uh, a gay person when they hit puberty and realize they're gay is entirely in charge of who they are sexually. She's not in charge of who she is entirely gender wise or who he is entirely gender wise. Um, but I think she's about to find out. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high quality website or blog. Squarespace offers free domain registration for annual plan subscriptions. This is completely integrated within the sign-up process. It makes getting up a site easier than ever and saves you money. And Squarespace is still giving 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. So if you sign up for a year, you get 10% off the yearly subscription. If you just want to try it out for a month, you get 10% off the monthly rate. If you'd like to get an idea of some of the things you can do, check out fairfaxpride.com. This is an LGBT group that uses Squarespace for their website. Also, check out parisplay.com. And to see a beautiful food blog powered by Squarespace, look at roostblog.com. Squarespace makes it really easy to get your art and ideas out there. 
For a free trial, go to squarespace.com. Sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use offer code SAVAGE7. This will help us out here at Lovecast Central. That's squarespace.com and use offer code SAVAGE7. I am a 27-year-old gay male living in New York City. And uh, I've been in a relationship now for about 10 months. And it's been absolutely wonderful. I have not been this in love in years, and uh, I'm pretty sure my boyfriend feels the same way. Um, just recently met his family, and uh, you know, things, are, things are really great. The sex is amazing. It's really, it's all there. But uh, just as of last night, I uh, we were having a conversation, and it sort of came out that uh, he's always been very upfront with me, um, which is great. Um, but it came out that his ex is back in town um, from halfway across the world, and he asked me if I could, if it would be okay that uh, they got together uh, for drinks or something. And we had a pretty rational conversation. I was immediately, like, you know, kind of boiling inside, uh, which feels pretty natural, but um, we had a conversation about it, and I agreed uh, that they should should get back together. I would. I just. I don't want to be the kind of boyfriend that keeps him from doing things and you know, just putting my foot down and saying no. You know, I love your whole theory of being game. However, the relationship that they were in was only for about a month. Uh, this guy was in New York last summer, and it was super hot and heavy. And then the guy left and went back to where he's from. Um, so it didn't really have a button end on it. It was like. Had he stayed, it would have continued. So now this guy's back. He's super, super hot, this, this ex-boyfriend. And um, and he's wanting to get together. Um, and now that I've made that decision, of course, it's like eating me up. And uh, so I just, I guess my question is just, is it okay or natural that I should be feeling this way? Am I blowing it out of proportion? And if you have any advice at all on this kind of situation... Um, anything would be appreciated. In a situation like this, you want to come off as secure enough to give your blessing to your current boyfriend to go have a casual drink with his ex without you melting down about it or making feel terrible about the fact that he likes this person that he used to date, that he might have continued to date this person, had circumstances been different, but he's with you now. And you just want to seem cool, like the kind of person who he'd want to be in a relationship with, the kind of person who's not going to have meltdowns and be insecure and jealous and petty, stupid ways for the next 30, 40 years, if you guys are going to be together forever. But you don't want to seem so secure that it comes across like you don't give a shit or you know you don't want to seem so unthreatened by this other person that the impression you give your boyfriend is you could take him or leave him. So what you want to do is just be honest about your insecurities and say, oh, you know, if you guys had had a really bad breakup and he was back in town or you know he was only in town for a week, uh, it would be different because it wouldn't feel so threatening. But you're, you were into him and he's hot and he's now back indefinitely and so I, I'm having a little feeling about it but I, I still want you to go because I don't want want to be that kind of boyfriend. And then you're just putting your marker down on the, you know, I'm not going to be that kind of boyfriend, even though you have that kind of boyfriend tendencies. But we all have that kind of boyfriend tendencies. We are all, each of us, subject to jealousies and insecurities. And, you know, what you look for in 
a partner isn't someone without insecurities, isn't someone who's never jealous. But you look for somebody who can express those feelings and then take yes for an answer or take honey, it's you I want to be with for an answer. Uh, and that's what you want to see from him. You want to lay your insecurity on the table and you want to – and in a way that shows him that you're not that kind of boyfriend. And then you want him to respond to that in a way that demonstrates to you that he's not that kind of boyfriend, that he's not an asshole, uh, that he's willing to – you know, that he gives a shit about how you feel and he wants you to be happy and he wants you to feel secure in this relationship. So put it on the table. Oh, yeah. You should go have a drink with him. You have to know that it kind of like gives me a jealous feeling. And then he should say, oh, you know, he was great and he's hot. You're better. Ten months. We've been together. It's been awesome. Just want to see him for old time's sake or because, you know, maybe we're going to be friends now. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to be friends, that means you're going to be part of his life too. You know, if he's going to come into your boyfriend's life as a friend and not come into your boyfriend's life as someone who comes into your boyfriend, then you can all be friends. And the superpower of gaydom is once you're all friends, it means maybe you and your boyfriend can have hot three ways with this guy your boyfriend used to date before you came along and won his heart. Find the tools to indulge your fantasies at ExtremeRestraints.com. Whether you want your wife to plow your ass with a three-inch-wide strap-on dildo while your cock is locked in a steel chastity cage, or you want to spend an indulgent evening of self-pleasure with an eight-speed wand massager and an array of attachments, ExtremeRestraints.com has toys for you. Save an extra 10% on giant dildos, wand massagers, steel cock toys, fucking machines, and everything else at ExtremeRestraints.com. When you use the coupon code GGGJULY, you can double that discount, 20% off, if you use the GGGJULY code by Sunday. Hey, Dan, I have a question for you. I'm a 24-year-old male and recently got dumped by my 30-year-old live-in girlfriend of two years. Um, pretty much the day after she turned 30, I could tell she was busy reevaluating everything, including myself. And uh, on top of that, she's never been the greatest of decision makers. <laughs> um, everything, I, in my opinion, was going great. But she claims that she could see things not working out long term and decided to end things for really reasons unknown. I've since asked her to write a letter outlining these reasons and have yet to receive anything. Um, in the meantime, she we've agreed to keep business as usual for the next month and a half, you know, sleeping in the same bed, still affectionate. She still tells me she loves me. I love her still. And I'm not sure if this next month and a half is one giant test for me to prove how serious I really am or if, like she said, she really doesn't want me to try and change her mind and just move on and uh, I don't know. The nerve of some people. She tries to dump you. You tell her that you will consent to being dumped, but first she has to do some homework. She has to write you a letter. She has to write you a term paper. She has to pass some sort of final dump you exam before you will allow her to dump you. That's not how being dumped works. Uh, the relationship exists uh, by mutual consent. If one person withdraws their consent, the relationship is over. Uh, she doesn't have to provide you with – a written letter detailing the reasons why she wants to end the relationship. It's polite to give some people, you know, some reasons why you want out. Uh, 
I think that the reasons may be obvious. We can infer them. She's 30. She's thinking about perhaps settling down. Maybe she wants somebody closer to her own age. Maybe she wants someone older than she is. Maybe you are uh, – you know, maybe you're not settled into a career. Maybe she feels like you're kind of directionless right now. Maybe she feels like being with her is bad where you're at emotionally and professionally at this stage of life. Whatever. She has her reasons. She should give you one or two, but then you should stop prying because sometimes you don't really need to hear all the reasons. Uh, what you want from someone who's dumping you is a, a rationale, some reasons that, that, that seem legit so that you can cauterize the wound so that – you can walk away without having to sort of wonder, but you really don't want the full scald. You really don't want to be thrown into the acid bath. Uh, you don't want a list of all of your faults, of everything that you are that they don't want because that may shred your ego in such a way that you are not capable of dating again. You may hear things you can't unhear that leave you so – insecure going forward that you are then less attractive to people who might have been able to date you had the person who just dumped you not salted the earth, not just destroyed you in the process of dumping you. So what you want from someone who dumps you are some good, reasonable, rational reasons. You don't want a list. It doesn't have to be exhaustive. Uh, you can infer maybe that there were other reasons. You can guess at what they might be. Maybe you need to engage in some self-improvement. Uh, and prep for your next relationship. But this one's over and it sounds like she's just keeping the peace for the next month and a half because she may like you. It's circumstance or life goals that are pulling you apart. Not anything that's terrible about you necessarily and you guys will be great friends one day and one day you will have a drink with her with your next girlfriend and then maybe you can have a three-way. Who knows? That doesn't happen in straight line though, does it? No. The tech savvy youth are shaking their heads. No, that does not happen in straight land. That's not the way three-ways happen. In straight land, in straight land, you have to find a unicorn. You have to find the magic buy girl who's going to zip in from heaven and disappear. You don't have three ways with your currents and your exes, which is kind of a gay superpower. Anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, it's over. She doesn't have to give you a term paper to get out. She doesn't have to graduate from this relationship. She can just end it. And she did. Hi, Dan. I was with a guy for two years. Long story short, he became a drug addict and we broke up. It's been maybe four months since we broke out, and I'm just still a horrible, horrible, emotional wreck over him. And it's gotten to the point where it's hard for me to wake up in the mornings. It's hard for me to have any passion for anything. Um, but the main problem I'm having is when I try to go out and meet new people or even try to fool around with people, I just, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm still cheating on my ex when I know full well that we're not together and we'll never be together again. And this problem has caused me to not be able to orgasm. I mean, when I'm with a guy, I can't orgasm. I even go limp, I go flaccid. I just... I don't know what's wrong with me, if it's an emotional thing. I just completely clueless and I was hoping that maybe you could help. You're fine. You're going to be fine. It's only been four months since this two-year relationship ended and it ended in a very traumatic way where you saw 
really the worst of someone uh, and the relationship came apart in a way that was upsetting and in a way that's going to make you feel like you somehow failed as a partner, you weren't enough, that you couldn't keep him off drugs, you couldn't save him from drugs. But you know, you can't and no one can. Some people are set on a self-destruct mode and no relationship, no boyfriend, no girlfriend, no nothing can save them. They can only save themselves. And he's not in a place yet where he's ready to save himself and do what he needs to do to get off drugs and to put his life together. So stop blaming yourself, but also stop pushing yourself. It's only been four months and it sounds like you're rattling off a long list here of unsuccessful encounters with other men. Uh, what your body is telling you is too soon, not ready, emotionally not ready, dick not engaged with brain, not engaged with heart, not engaged with arrows. So just Take a break. Back the fuck off. Give yourself some time. Um, you're no less a gay man for not having gay sex right now or not having hookups or being with anybody doing the gay thing right now, doing the gay fuck, fuck, fuck thing right now. Um, so don't feel that way. A lot of young gay guys feel like the only way to be a good gay guy, the only way to be a successful gay guy is to have a lot of gay sex. And that's not true. You can take a good long break and nurse your gay wounds uh, and tend to your gay heart um, and recover from this traumatizing relationship, give yourself a break. Give yourself some time to get over him and get over it and get over what you witnessed and what was done to you. And then when you're ready to start dating again, your dick will let you know. Things will kick back into gear. You'll feel it rising up from inside you instead of uh, you imposing it on yourself from your brain. Just give it time. Give yourself a break. Take three, four months off dating and fucking and chasing other boys because you're not ready. Listen to your body. You're not ready. It'll come around. It'll come around in time. Time heals all wounds. And you need to remind yourself while time passes that this is not your fault. The way this relationship came apart, the way this guy you were dating came apart is not your fault. He was a good guy, a nice guy, set on self-destruct. You happened to be holding him or with him when he self-destructed and self-destruct because of you and you couldn't save him from that. Hi, Dan. I am an 18 year old, mostly straight female. And, uh, I have a little bit of a, a feeling of question for you. Um, my senior year of high school, I was dating this guy who we were really, really great friends and things sort of progressed naturally into a, romantic relationship that was very, very emotionally healthy. And uh, anyway, right before we both went off to college, we mutually and amiably decided to break things off cleanly um, so that we could both grow as people and gain sexual experience and just experience dating other people. We were both going to colleges in different states and we... Want, we both wanted to grow, and we also didn't want to risk cheating on the other person. Um, anyway, meanwhile, throughout the entire year, we continued to talk and text, and our relationship translated very smoothly from a romantic one to a more platonic friendship. Anyway, it's summer vacation now, and we are both in the same town again, and uh, both of us have experienced year-long dry spells because while we were looking for experience at college, neither of us really found anyone 
we found particularly fuckable. I am wanting very much to maybe rekindle the romantic aspect of our relationship, but I'm worried that I might be sacrificing our friendship. I just don't know what that would do to it. Is that is that a cop out? If I sacrificed a really a really great relationship for experience and then and then I go back and 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 try to have sex with this boy again, is that is that ruining all of the crap that we put each other through and and then what happens at the end of the summer when we both go back to school? Like, are we each other's mutual meal tickets for the summer? Is that okay? Um, I really, really care about this guy. And I think he cares about me, too. Um, I just appreciate your feedback. Okay, so have you fucked this boy yet? Um, yes. Ah. We've, we've fucked a couple of times, actually. That was going to be... Okay, um, we, we're done. That was going to be my advice. Fuck the boy. Okay, yep. Yep, we did it. We we talked about it. We were like, you know what? We're not interested in having sex with other people, so we might as well go for it. You know, not let a good thing die. So, but thank you for calling. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you were so th- your your call was so thoughtful and so well reasoned, and you're obviously very intelligent and high emotional IQ, and it just seemed like if any two people could. Stick this dismount like you were in a relationship and you stuck that dismount already once where you transitioned from boyfriend, girlfriend and having sex and being sex partners to being really good friends. And, you know, circumstances are such that you're back in the same town. You're both still single. Fuck. Go ahead. Fuck. You can pick it back up and you can stick that dismount again. I believe that you two can do it because you already did it once and you seem like the kind of. Very thoughtful, considerate person who could stick that dismount again. So go ahead and mount that boy now and dismount him later. That was going to be my advice, but you took it. We must be psychically linked, you and I. (laughs) All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 20-year-old straight male, and I have this ex-girlfriend. We broke up about a year ago after a two-year relationship. Now, we're in the same city for the summer, and we've been hanging out a little bit as friends. And she kind of casually asked if I wanted to, you know, just have sex over the summer, like a friends with benefits kind of thing. Now, I've done friends with benefits before with another girl, and it worked out pretty well, so I'm a fan of the idea. I was just wondering if you think it's a bad idea to do it with someone you already have a history with. Um, I mean, like, our breakup was relatively mutual, but I kind of pushed it. And I don't think she's trying to get me back, but I don't want to get anyone hurt. So I'd love to hear what you think. I don't want to get anyone hurt. I don't want to hurt anyone. If that was the standard, if we all lived by that, no one would ever be in a relationship ever at all. No one could risk it. There's always a chance that someone could get hurt. That someone could be you, of course. You could fall back in love with her and then she could walk away and you could get hurt. Um, But if you initiated the breakup or you pushed the breakup, you say it was mutual – But you also say that you kind of drove it. I bet if you asked her, if you were one of her girlfriends and you asked her, she would say that you dumped her. And maybe the mutuality was just a face-saving kind of balm uh, that was slathered over this breakup to make everyone feel better about it. Uh, Which is my windy way of saying maybe not in this instance. I think friends with benefits are great. Uh, I think hooking back up with somebody that you had a connection with, if circumstances allow – Uh, even for a short period of time, as with the previous caller, is a good idea. 
and can be fun and you can stick that dismount uh, again maybe. So you go ahead and mount up. But it's my opinion that if you dumped somebody and they come back to you with a friends with benefits offer, often what they're looking for is you know the consolation prize sex. They're trying to – get what they can have of you. They're in some ways debasing themselves by offering you the sex that they know that you like or want, uh, you know, this part of them in the hopes that maybe then you'll upgrade in a couple of months to the full-blown relationship again once you realize what you've been missing and you see how awesome they are again. And in those kinds of circumstances, the person who is debasing themselves by offering the FWB when what they want is the LTR winds up getting really, really, really hurt. So you may have had a successful breakup with this girl in the past uh, that you know wound up feeling mutual and everybody felt good about it. And if you initiate this now, you could have a very explosive, unhappy breakup with her. If it should come out that what she really wanted was the relationship again and she thought the best way to get that would be to lead with friends with benefits and sex and then hope that you would fall hopelessly in love with her again and then you two would be an item. All that said, you know, sometimes you do get to take people at their word and if they offer FWB, you can accept FWB and if they get hurt because they wanted more, it's not your fault, it's on them. But if I were in your shoes, I would look elsewhere. Hello, Dan. I was recently going down on a guy and he asked me to use my teeth. I was a little hesitant at first, but then I did. Then he asked me to chomp his dick hard. He really liked having me bite his cock. I was a little freaked out at first because I didn't want to hurt him. But the harder I bit, the more he liked it. I Googled this to see what was out there about dick biting, but I didn't find much. So my questions for you are, is this something I can do for him without causing damage or too much damage? And have you heard of this before? It was completely new to me. And asking my guy friends had them writing in fake pain. Thanks, Dan, for your help. I haven't heard of this before, but I blame Twilight. I blame all this vampire shit in the culture. Uh, some people like pain. Some people are masochists. Some people like blowjobs that involve some pulling, tugging, scraping, chopping, biting. They're out there. They're rare. Most guys don't like teeth at all and teeth can ruin it. But this guy, he likes teeth. Are you going to harm him? You know, probably not. You'd really have to bite pretty hard to do any lasting damage. You can, however, break skin. And then there's issues of blood to worry about. And does he have bloodborne infections or sexually transmitted bloodborne infections and that has to be taken into account so you might want to go easy on him get a mouth guard maybe uh, but the guy likes a little pain mixed in with the blowjob and this is a good way to provide it for him and I don't think you're in any danger and I don't think he's crazy he just has a minority blowjob taste Hi this is in response for the woman in podcast 297 that had the unexplained pain Definitely get an ultrasound. Double check because the symptoms that you're describing could be an ovarian cyst. Hi, Dan. I'm calling in response to the, the girl who heartbreakingly has been having some major vagina pain. I would suggest to her to try to see a urologist. Um, one of my best friends on the earth has a bladder thing that in its manifestation, also causes major pain during sex. And she actually goes to physical therapy and gets her vagina stretched out by a, by a physical therapist. Perhaps it's endometriosis. That is what my girlfriend has and what she suggested. And a lot of women who have endometriosis don't even know they have it. 
I also suffered from vulvodynia, and I had an amazing GP who recommended um, biofeedback, which is a way of relaxing your pelvic muscles. I was a little surprised that no one mentioned the possibility of a latex allergy, because I think that that's pretty common, and it, and it causes a lot of problems. Hello. This is about episode 297 in regards to the woman with vaginal pain. I could have been her. The biggest issue is not to give up. I went through a dozen doctors and it took a few years before I got to a specialist that knew what was up. I got told I was normal by an untold number of GPs, PACs, ARNPs, and gynecologists. Just don't give up. Keep going to new doctors. When I finally got to a specialist, he had me up and running in only a few weeks. I'm still in the healing process. They're going to actually have sexual activity with my husband. Look up vulvodynia. There are a lot of reasons for it, but it's the place to start. The biggest thing, don't give up. You know something's wrong, so just keep at it. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or an outraged comment for a future show, give us a buzz, 206-201-2720. Follow me at FakeDanSavage on Twitter. Read me at slog.thestranger.com. The Savage Lovecast is produced by Nancy Hartunian in partnership with the Tech Savvy At-Risk Youth and me and Nancy and the Tech Savvy At-Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.